Welcome to The Blind Side. News and information from a blindness perspective. Here's Jonathan Mosen. Hello. The Blind Side is not a technology podcast, but it is a blindness-related current affairs podcast, and the iPhone has made a huge difference to many people's lives in the blind community. And so when there's a new one, then that certainly is a matter of current affairs in the blind community. And that's why, having had a look at the big unveiling in last week's episode of The Blind Side, we're now at the point where we can get our hands on that technology. And in a box, waiting for me to unbox it in your presence, is a brand new 256 gigabyte iPhone 7 Plus. And I can't wait to get this introduction done so we can take it out of its box and put it through its paces. I hope you enjoy it. If you have any feedback about the podcast we welcome your emails be they in text or maybe as an audio file so that it could be included in a future edition of the podcast then you can drop us an email the blind side all joined together at mosin.org that's the blind side at mosin.org before we unbox this iphone 7 plus that's tantalizingly waiting here on my desk let me tell you about something i'm equally excited about important if you're listening before 8 a.m. Eastern on the 17th of September. Your iPhone 7 or 7 Plus has stereo speakers, of course, but hopefully you've got something that makes an even boomier sound than that because you'll be wanting it for Mushroom Stock. This is our third iteration of this virtual live music festival on Mushroom FM. In the two previous occasions, we've had heaps of fun. The way this works is that we've chosen 20 of the best acts from the 50s to the 80s, which is now the emphasis of Mushroom FM's music format. And we're putting them together in a live virtual music festival that lasts 10 hours. Between the acts, there's plenty of really cool social media interaction. Everybody can register and get assigned a virtual seat in Fungus Field, which is the stadium where all the gear, everything's being erected for the big live music festival. So we use the magic of radio to transport you to this virtual venue for some awesome, awesome music and a great way to hang out on a Saturday, really. The nice thing is that normal barriers don't apply so if there's a band that you thought would never play together again because they couldn't stand each other or maybe they can't play together again on account of deadness none of that matters with mushroom stock and so the 20 acts that we have assembled for mushroom stock 2016 are absolutely epic i do hope that you'll check this out it's a lot of fun and if you do happen to have access to a good system in your house then Get the beverages. Unfortunately, Mushroom FM can't run to supplying those. Crank up the best system that you have because we have taken care with the fidelity. And no one does these social media events quite like Mushroom FM. We put a lot of work into it and they're a lot of fun. People feel really good to be a part of something like this that brings a bit of joy to people's lives. I hope that we'll see you there. If you would like to find out more and get your tickets for Mushroom Stock 2016, you can choose your own seat, assuming the seat you want hasn't been taken already. And that means that if you're attending with a bunch of friends or family, you can get a block of seats. All very cool. Head on over to mushroomfm.com slash mushroomstock2016. That's mushroomfm.com slash mushroomstock2016. And be there for the big kickoff. I can tell you the opening act is absolutely stellar. And that begins sharp at 8 a.m. Eastern, 
1pm UK on Saturday, the 17th of September. So that is this coming Saturday. Can't wait. Our place, our issues. The Blind Side with Jonathan Mosen. There's a lot of theatre and mystique associated with Apple things, and I suppose there's nothing wrong with that. A little bit of innocent excitement in our lives, right from when we find out what's going to be in the next version of iOS with WWDC in June, to the big reveal of the new hardware that in recent times has been taking place in September, to making the decision about whether to upgrade this year or not, and then, of course, the getting of the device itself. I've ordered iPhones in two ways. I have actually lined up for an iPhone. I did that for the iPhone 4S in 2011, where they opened up at midnight here in New Zealand. We were not part of the first wave of iPhones then. We were when we first got iPhone in New Zealand, and there was just one carrier then, and they fell foul of Apple because of a very botched iPhone launch, I understand that the carrier was having a little bit of a discussion with Apple about margins. And so when the release day came and went, it was a very quiet affair. And Apple kind of got the pip about that. And they took New Zealand out of the first wave of iPhone launches for a few years. That changed last year. And the iPhone 6S and 6S Plus became available on the first wave, the release day. And that means that because of the time difference between New Zealand and everywhere else, we were the first to get the iPhone. And mine arrived at about 8.30 in the morning last year. So that was wonderful because I was one of the first people in the world to own one. And that's something pretty cool. So I now tend to order from Apple because it's such a smooth experience. The iPhones that are provided here in New Zealand are SIM-free and of course, completely unlocked. iPhones are not locked by any carrier in New Zealand. That means that if you want to switch carriers to get a better deal, you can port your number across, so there's no problem doing that. And it also means that if you travel and you want to use a SIM card from a local carrier to avoid roaming charges, you can do that too without any hassle at all. Well, it's a little bit of a hassle because you've got to go in there and eject the SIM from the tiny little SIM tray but it's doable when you know how. So the iPhone 7 Plus that I have on my desk here has arrived. It's SIM free and SIM unlocked, and it's all here shrink-wrapped. If you read my blog on the Mosin Consulting website at mosin.org, you'll know that I agonized about whether to get an iPhone 7 or 7 Plus this year or not. I do go for the Plus models and have done since the iPhone 6 Plus because I really like the extra battery life and I like the extra screen real estate for Braille screen input. That's how I do the majority of my text entry when I don't have a Braille display connected. And with iOS 10, it's even better than ever thanks to the echo that you get when you're entering contracted Braille input using Braille screen input. So it's a good experience. So if I was going to get a device, then yes, it would be the Plus. And I decided to go ahead and get one because I'm hoping to blog about solutions for people who are inconvenienced by the headphone jack legitimately because they're heavy voiceover users in their jobs or because they have a hearing impairment and Bluetooth uh, solutions are just still too laggy. 
one solution I already have tried. This was suggested by Phil Schiller at, uh, at Apple, and he suggested trying the lightning dock that Apple sell. Now, when I hear the term dock, I guess I think about those big things that you sometimes see in hotel rooms. And of course, a lot of those still have the old 30 pin connectors before Apple replaced it with the lightning connector. That was the last big jack change that Apple made. And you can still find legacy products around the place that no longer work with your phone unless you carry an adapter with you. This is not that kind of dock. It arrived on Tuesday, although I ordered it at the same time as my phone. Apple shipped it right away because it was in stock and I got it on Tuesday. And I'm actually very impressed with it. It saves me some space. Typically, I have the iPhone on my bedside table. It's the plus, so it occupies a bit of space. But this dock is just the width, really, of the 6 Plus or 6S Plus or 7 Plus when it is standing up. And that means that it does actually save space compared with the iPhone lying horizontal on the table. It docks snugly. I haven't had any issues with it docking snugly with the Lightning dock. And then at the back of the dock is a 3.5 jack. And that means that when you want to use your phone and charge it at the same time, you are able to do that. Of course, you've got this dock hanging off the bottom of it, but you can pick it up if you are using it by the bed and you want to have the phone on your chest as you lie there and, and use it, you can do it. It's a little bit unwieldy because the dock's there, but it's doable. So it's a minor inconvenience, I suppose, but not a showstopper. So the Lightning Dock is one solution. Also in this box that I'm very keen to get to in just a second, there will, of course, be the 3.5 adapter that allows you to use standard 3.5 millimeter jack headphones, but that does not allow you to use the device and charge it at the same time. If you want to do that, Belkin has announced that they're coming out with a product that is a splitter. So you have two lightning connectors that are female at the end of a cable that goes into the lightning port. That means that if you do have 3.5 millimeter headphones, you're going to have to plug an adapter into that lightning port. So there'll be a few cables, but it is a solution that Belkin will be coming up with, I believe, next month in October. Well, I mentioned that my previous iPhone, the 6S Plus, arrived at about 8.30 on the 25th of September last year. I remember it well. In this case, it arrived at about 10.40, 10.35 maybe, but it probably works out about the same, hopefully, because last time I had to call Apple Tech Support over issues relating to, believe it or not, the headphone jack and not being able to use Siri and all those good things. So I've picked up the box and it's just a pretty average cardboard looking box on the outside to keep it safe for the courier. So I'm just going to open the box here and then the iPhone itself the 256 gig iPhone 7 plus is kind of taped behind a film in the box and now we have the actual iPhone box now the interesting thing about this is that normally I have all sorts of fun and games getting into these boxes because they um, make it difficult, I guess deliberately, with all the shrink wrapping. And sometimes I find it hard to get a fingernail or even have to get a fork or a knife or something to start it. But there's a nice tear on this one. So I can just open the packaging. 
and then go ahead and lift the lid on the box. Now, at the top here, we have a little package that I think will be the Lightning EarPods. Yep, these look like the EarPods. Now, remember that these are wired. These are not the AirPods, which you have to pay 150 US bucks for, and they're not shipping yet anyway. These are the replacement for what we used to get in the box with a 3.5 jack. This time they have a lightning port at the end. Otherwise they seem the same. But ah, at the top here, there is a tiny little plug. So when you unpack your iPhone, if you're getting one, if you're looking for the 3.5 millimeter to lightning adapter, it's in the top of the package. You don't actually have to open or unravel the lightning earbuds or earpods to get this. It's right there on the top of the packaging, kind of secured with it. And the cable is very, very small. So this dinky little adapter, it's gonna be interesting to find a place to store it so that you're not rummaging around for it all the time because it's tiny. You've got a, it's, it's plastic at both ends and there's the lightning connector like that's at the end of a charging cable. A very, very small cable, really small. I guess the only reason why the cable is there based on its size is so that there's no undue stress placed on the adapter. And then you've got the 3.5 millimeter jack here, a female jack. Now, I'm gonna file this for the moment. <laughs> um, so I guess I will put it in my pocket for now, but boy, I can see myself having to spend uh, nine bucks on this um, a few times if I'm not careful about this. Now, the iPhone itself, it's all protected. I'm just going to take the film off both sides of the iPhone. And when you initially pick it up, it looks just like a 6S Plus or a 6 Plus for that matter. I'm just going to look at the back of it and oh, okay. So the first thing I'm noticing that is different is the camera. The camera on this is a rectangular shape. And I guess I was expecting two bumps, you know, because we've heard about the dual cameras, 12 megapixels on the back of the device, but you don't actually get two bumps. It does protrude still, like the previous iPhones, and the camera on the back of the 6S Plus, which I also have here beside me, that's a round protuberance at the back. This one is wider because it's obviously got the two lenses, but it is, it is all one thing. And it's rectangular. Then there's a tiny hole at the left that's uh, the flash. So that's, that's kind of the way it used to be. Now let's see. We've got all the standard controls here. I'm looking for the home button and okay, so the first thing is, I know there was some concern about, is the home button going to be tactually identifiable? It does feel exactly the same in that regard. There's a quite distinctive ring, so you know exactly where the home button is, but the interesting thing is, and it's kind of freaky, if I press this, there's nothing to press. It's just like a slight round indentation, but when you press the home button, and bear in mind that at the moment the the device is off, there's no traction on the button at all. Nothing at all is 
is happening. And that's, of course, because the feedback that you get now relies on the haptic engine. Um, we've got some other... We've got the power adapter in the box, of course, for uh, plugging into the mains. And I am looking for... We've got, we've got some documentation, some paperwork in here. And um, we'll just go through there. I'm looking for the SIM ejector tool, which I think normally appears in this little bit of paperwork here. So I'm just uh, seeking to find the SIM ejector tool. And I'm not finding it, so that could be fun because I want to get the SIM out of my phone and into the new one. We do have a backup already, so that's an encrypted backup with iTunes. And it may be that I'm just missing it because the SIM ejector tools are very small. And I know that in the States, SIM ejector tools don't typically come with the iPhone, but they do here. I'm just going to have another look at the Lightning earpods and see if they are a part of this package since we did find the adapter there. It's, it's definitely not in there, but let's just examine this a little closer here. This is the little bit of paper. There's a whole lot of very thin looking pieces of paper. Oh, and they slide out of this wrapping and look at that. <laughs> there is the there is the sim ejector tool. Thank goodness for that, because we can't make much more progress. The desk is now littered with bits of junk, but I do have the sim ejector tool, which I'm now taking out. And we'll go back to the 6S Plus, this now ancient technology here, and I'll unplug it from the uh, cable here. On the opposite side from the volume control, there is a very tiny little indentation and I'm just going to place the sim ejector tool very carefully there I feel it uh, being able to be inserted there I just press and pop the sim tray has popped out I'm going to grab my sim from yeah yeah the, the I should have switched the iPhone off actually before I did that I'm going to grab the SIM. It's a nano SIM, of course, so it's really tiny. You have to be very careful here. It's like performing surgery. And I'll pop the tray back into the iPhone 6S Plus that I'm upgrading from. So no more cellular service on the iPhone 6S Plus. The next step is to take that same SIM ejector tool and insert it into the iPhone 7 Plus. Now I'm just going to pocket that SIM in my shirt pocket because it's so small. you just got to be really careful. I've done this on planes many times. Can you imagine how much fun that is when there's turbulence going on and you're trying to change to a local SIM? All right, so we're going to do the same trick, this time just carefully locating the SIM tray. I found that. I'm pressing and now the SIM tray of that iPhone has ejected. That's all I need at the moment with the SIM ejector tool. So I'm going to pocket that because you just never know when that's um, needed. And I'm going to make sure I find a safe place for that. It's also a tiny little thing. And now I'm grabbing the SIM again and I'm taking 
the nano sim and looking for the triangular corner in this. I need to ensure that the triangular corner is at the right. So I'm doing that now. It kind of sits in a way that it does not sit if it's inserted incorrectly. That feels right now. So I'm going to insert the SIM tray back with the SIM in the device and it clicks nicely into place. So now I think we can power this up and see what happens. This is, of course, a phone with stereo speakers. So it'll be interesting to see how it sounds. One of the few advantages of wearing hearing aids is that with this kind of technology, you can tell if it's powering up by using the hearing loop facility. And I just did that. I just put my ear to the phone while I switched my hearing aids to hearing loop and I can hear that it is in fact booting up. Now I'm going to try and triple click the home button. And that will be an interesting experience. Okay. Voice over on. Now, it's that's a weird feeling, man. So <laughs> when you when you press this thing that doesn't actually press, you're getting feedback from the phone. So it does it does feel like you're pressing something, but it doesn't really feel like you're pressing something in the same way that it does when you use, say, the trackpad on a Mac. It, but it is clicky, and you could probably hear it click. And I'm going to play more with this when I can. I don't want to press the home button now. More info. Button. Let me just see if I can get a feel for how this sounds by getting myself out of the mixer and having a... More info. Button. More info. Caller. Yeah. More info. Button. Um, all I can get it to say at the screen is more info, but I can tell you right now it's a lot louder and it does sound like it has a, a slight bit of extra bass, a bit of extra oomph there. More info. Button. And what I think I'll do at this point, now that I can see it's all working, is connect this device up and restore from my iTunes backup. So I have my lightning cable in the box. I'm going to plug that into the jolly old USB port over here of the computer. And we're going to plug this in. Now, let me just have a look at the bottom of the phone. I haven't done that yet. So here we are. No headphone jack, of course. And so there's kind of, it feels like engraving across the whole of the bottom of the phone other than the lightning port. It kind of feels weird, you know, just looking at this and, and realizing there is no jack. It really, it really has gone. I'm going to plug in at this point. And now iTunes has come up, which you will not be hearing. So 35,915,307. Regulatory. What, I, what I'm going to do now is pause this recording and just go ahead and restore from my backup because that seems to me not particularly listen worthy. Uh, you'll be familiar with how iTunes works, I'm sure. And I'm going to need to enter the password for my encrypted backup. It will go ahead and do that. And then we may be able to proceed and do some other things with the device. Restore in progress. So just to keep you updated, while I paused the recording, I was asked to either set the device up as a new iPhone or restore from the backup that I made very recently before I started that process. Sometimes I do actually set up a new iPhone from scratch, maybe every you know three years or so. I did it last year and it was beneficial. It just decluttered things. But I feel like my current iPhone configuration is in pretty good shape. And so I am restoring. It asked me to enter the password for my encrypted backup. 
I got it wrong the first time, which nearly gave me heart failure, but I did get it right <laughs> the second time, and it is now restoring, and I can read that restoring on the uh, status line, and also the restore in progress. phone here is reporting restore in progress. Restore in progress. Restoring. And that's pretty much all that it is uh, doing Restoring right now. Progress. I'm getting updates on the Mac side. Well, it says restoring iPhone from backup. And it says that the time remaining is about a minute. And so I will pause once again and we will come back. I just, before I do that and while this is happening, uh, if I just... Now that is interesting. I just flicked the silent switch on the phone and it's a very different kind of tactile feedback. You know that with previous iPhones and, and the, the previous couple of iPhones have actually been quite noisy in this regard, that when you flick the silent switch, it kind of goes and you can really feel it. This one, it's much more gentle. It's kind of like a tap, tap, tap effect, very rapid tap, tap, tap. And it feels a little bit like if you've used the Breathe app, on your Apple Watch version 3. It's that kind of rippling, haptic vibration. So some changes in the way that the phone feels clearly when it vibrates. And now it's telling me that settings for the iPhone have been restored and to keep the iPhone connected, uh, that the iPhone is now rebooting. So we do have some progress as we go ahead and restore from the encrypted iTunes backup. The phone is going ahead and rebooting. And rebooting, I understand, is actually quite fast with these devices. So I'm just waiting for something to happen here. Perhaps some sort of vibration, because typically when the iPhones are connected to a power source, you do get a vibration when the phone boots up. I'll pause while this continues, and then we'll come back when there's something else to report. On. I'm back, and the phone just actually woke up, as you can hear. Yeah, that does sound quite different. Now, what I'm going to do, because it's asking me for some setup, I'll see if we can use this. Yeah, 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 yeah. Why is it doing that? It's just constantly repeating that. That's dodgy. That, that is very dodgy. All right, let me lock the screen for a second. I can't even do that. Okay, I can. Right, now, oh, now, you see, <laughs> now this is an example, you see. I have to leave the phone connected. It told me to do that, so I actually can't plug this into the mixer. First example of where? Not having a headphone jack. <laughs> really makes a difference. So I, I can't unplug this cable right now so that I can plug the Lightning to 3.5 adapter in so that I can put this through the mixer. So we'll just proceed by getting the microphone close to the phone. Hello. Hello. More info. Button. More info. Pulse L button. Initio. Pero Gray. Right. And let's see what's happening here. Update completed. Your iPhone was updated successfully. There are just a few more steps to follow and then you're done. Continue. Let's see if I can just slow that down for people who aren't used to Daniel. Words. Headings. Speaking rate. 65, 65%. Okay. Your eyes. Continue. Button. Back button. And I'm flicking through. It does sound quite a bit better. Location services. Locations. About location. Enable location. Serve. Enable. Place your finger. 
All right, we're doing the Touch ID now. This will be fun. We'll feel the difference maybe with uh, the new Touch ID and haptic feedback. Lift, place your, place your finger, place your finger. Place your I'm just finger. going through Touch ID place fairly quickly. It really doesn't actually feel any place different using Touch ID, place even though the home button is not being physically pressed, because you don't, you don't press the home button with Touch Adjust ID anyway. Grip. You just rest your finger on it. Cancel. Adjust your grip. Keep going to continue. Continue. All right, let's keep going with this. Really, Place no different finger. at all here. Place your finger. Place your finger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are we done? Place your finger. No. Place your finger. Complete. Touch ID is ready. Continue. Button. Secure text field is editing. Insertion point at start. Now my iTunes just made an encouraging ding sound, so maybe we are finished with iTunes, but um, let's just keep it connected just in case. And what is it wanting? I suspect my Apple ID password. Enter a strong passcode with four or more characters. Oh, okay, it's wanting the passcode. I'm going to pause the recording while I enter that. Secure text field is editing. Let's see what happens next. I've done that. Maybe I need to flick. Button. No? Button. No. It's just doing its thing, it appears. Romeo. Oh no, there's a keyboard on the screen. Enter the Apple ID password for. Okay. I will now enter my Apple ID. So there were some focus issues there, but I'll go ahead and enter my Apple ID password. I certainly will ensure to pause the recording during that. I'll double tap the next button. The one thing I will say, and it could be just imagination, you know, the placebo effect or something like that, but it does feel very responsive on the uh, on the touch screen. Very responsive. We'll double tap. Next. Then in progress. Alert. Apple ID verification code. A message with a verification code has been sent to your other devices running iOS 10 or Mac OS Sierra or later. Enter the code to continue. And of course, this is an important security measure. This is Apple's two-factor authentication. They have two things going on. They have two-step authentication, which was the previous iteration of the security system. Now they have two-factor authentication. And I recently had to make the switch from two-step authentication, which I've been using for a long time, where they send you a text message or a message to your device's when you sign into your Apple ID from a new device, I've made the switch to two-factor authentication, which is actually all done on your devices because you need to do that in order to unlock your Mac running Sierra with the Apple Watch, which is a very cool feature. Alert. Apple, alert. Apple ID sign-in requested. Jonathan at mozen.org. Don't allow. Allow. Button. Allow. Alert. Apple ID verification code. Okay. Now there is the code on the screen, and I can flick through it. Apple ID Enter this verification code. Two, nine, zero, seven, nine, five, nine, seven. Two nine zero seven nine five. Didn't get a code. Two, six, nine, seven, eight, zero, seven, six, nine, five. Apple ID verification. Richard, I, don't, I don't need to enter anything else after that. There we go. In progress. Oh, that's good. I'm authenticated. What progress is this? And so now we're logged into my Apple ID or my iCloud information is being synced to the phone. So calendar, contacts, other information. I can now turn the iPhone 6S Plus 
off. Let's just see what's happening on this one. In progress. It's making progress. Updating iCloud settings. We'll pause while it completes that process. Siri. And it looks like we're doing the Siri business here. Siri helps you get things done just by asking. Make a to you, Siri. Press and hold the home button or say hey Siri anytime. Set up Siri button. Why not? Step one of five. Say hey Siri into the iPhone. One of five. Heading. Hey Siri into the iPhone. Step two of five. Say hey Siri again. Hey Siri again. Sorry, Step I really shouldn't five. do that. Say hey Siri. One more time. Hey Siri. One more time. Step four of five. Say hey Siri. How's the weather today? Hey Siri, how's the weather today? Siri didn't quite get that. Try again. Step four of five. Say, hey Siri, how's the weather today? Hey Siri, how's the weather today? Step five of five. Now say, hey Siri, it's me. Hey Siri, it's me. Hey Siri is ready. Oh, tremendous. I think it's perhaps getting my other phone upset. But anyway, that's all right. That's the price we pay. Siri will recognize your voice whenever you say, Hey Siri. Tap continue to finish setting up your iPhone. Continue. Button. Continue. What other exciting questions does Apple have for us? It's not speaking that automatically. So let's go to the top of the screen. Meet the new home button. Oh, Heading. okay. Listen to this. I'll do a read all, I think. Meet the new home button. Heading. Make your iPhone experience even more personal by choosing the click that's right for you. Get started. Button. Customize later in settings. Button. Well, no, I'm very interested in this. So we'll double tap the get started button. Get started. Button. Get back button. And we'll do another read all, I think. Back button. Next. Button. Choose your click. Heading. Tap an option below. Then press the home button to give it a try. To set the one you like best, tap next. One. Button. Three. Button. Press the home button to try it. Selected. Two. Dimmed. Button. All right. So we have three options for the home button, which I guess determines sensitivity or haptic feedback, something like that. It's on two, which is the medium one. And let me try pressing it then and see what the default's like. Okay. So when I press it, It sort of clicks that it 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 causes the whole phone to kind of tap. If I put the phone up to the mic, I don't think you could. Oh, you might be able to just hear that. You see that 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 click you're hearing is the actual phone's haptic engine because the button itself does not click because there's no real button. Interesting. All right, let's go to the first option. Press the three. One. Tap an op one. But selected. Right, now one. we've got the one option. Oh, all right. So now this is much less pronounced in terms of the haptic feedback that you get. It, You still feel like you're pressing the button, but you're not getting quite the same level of haptic. So let's have a look three. at three. Press the, two. Two. Press the home three button. Selected. Right. Three. Number two. three. All right. That's feels more like the traditional home button experience to me and it might be a transitional thing as we move away 
from the physical home button. I, you know, I honestly don't think this is anything to particularly worry about it. Sure, it's, it's different. And I know that some reviewers said it was awful and stuff like that. I honestly don't see that it is. Perhaps I've been a little bit fortunate in that I have been using an Android device as well of late, a Google Nexus 6P, and that doesn't have a home button at all. It just has a, a little space on the screen that's always allocated to home, and there's nothing at all to feel. It's an icon on the screen. I think I will stick with the number three, but I wonder if it'll let me triple-click home from here. Probably not. No. But triple-clicking home One. is not going to be a problem, honestly. It's... It's fine. It's going to be good. And then double tap for the app switcher. I can get used to this. It's not phasing me in the slightest. And in fact, it does occur to me that there may be accessibility benefits of this approach. Because if you've run out of juice and you're not able to tell as a blind person, has voiceover just stopped working in some way? Or is my speaker on the blink or something like that? If you put your finger on that home button and force it down like you're pressing the button and you get absolutely no feedback at all, then you know that your phone is powered off. Maybe it's run out of battery or maybe you've switched it off. But it's quite cool in that regard that it will give you, once you get used to the way the home button feels, it will give you an indication as to whether your phone is powered on or not. And that may really be quite helpful in a troubleshooting situation. So let's continue. Back button. Next. Button. Next. Welcome to iPhone. Oh, thank you. Get started. Button. Get. The iOS screen reader called voiceover alert. Use this device when sharing your location. Yep. Looks like we're going to make that change. You are currently using Jonathan 6S Plus to share your location and find my friends and messages. Not now. Button. Use. But. iMessage. iMessage. Your service provider may charge for SMS messages used to activate iMessage. Cancel. But okay. Button. Okay. Alert. Use this device when sharing yeah, your yeah. Not now. Use. Use. But use. Messages. Now my Double Mac tapped open. is telling me that it's a new iPhone that I'm using for iMessage and I need to change the name of the Pass. iPhone. And oh, it's all starting to happen now that we're uh, on the home screen. Messages. Yep. That's Double fine. Tapped open. And if I triple click the home button. Voice over off. See, this is fine to me. Voice over on. Not a problem. Now, I will just verify with... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll just verify with iTunes that everything is finished. I'm pretty sure that everything is finished because it made the chime sound. Yes, iTunes is indicating that it has done its thing. So, that means we can try this adapter for the first time. And I'm going to disconnect the lightning cable from the charging port. And of course, lightning, the cable is reversible, so it doesn't matter which way you insert it. So it is inserted now. And I'm going to take the cable from my mixer. And it's a little bit more fiddly to insert, of course, because you've got the cable dangling off the edge, isn't it? Okay, so I'll grab the... There we go, the cable at the end, and now it's inserted. And we will give you audio now, if I uh, remember the button to press on this new mixer. Right, we'll crank that up. Double tap to open. Now, available. I'm not anticipating any latency issue with this lightning adapter, but let's just see. App Store. Setting. App. A. Map. Fake. Fake. Map. A. App no. Store. 
setting messages. That's fine. Fantastical. I'm not seeing any issues with that. Let's just hold down the home button and see how our personal assistant friend is getting on here. How's the weather looking today? Some bad weather coming up today. Down to 12 degrees and raining. Is it going to rain tomorrow? It sure looks like it's going to rain tomorrow. All right, so that's fine. Just pressing Messages. the home button again. Double tap to open. Se secure. Enter the secure. Oh. Enter the password for your. Now I'm being asked for another Apple ID password, which I would enter because I have multiple accounts on the iTunes Store. I have now done that, and what I want to do now is rename my phone as quickly as possible because it's currently called Jonathan Success Plus, and that will cause some issues along the way. So let's go launch settings. Here are your iPhone settings. Tremendous. Settings. Let's go into general. VPN. Notif control. Do not general. General button. General settings. General about button select it about general back button about name jonathan 6s plus button let's double tap that selected text field is editing jonathan 6s plus character clear text clear text and let's give braille screen input a try for the first time on the iphone 7 plus braille screen input let's calibrate the dots land dot positions calibrated and have a go dot six Oh, I was I'm typing the wrong thing, aren't I? Because it's not six anymore. Dots one, two, four, seven. Dot S. All right. So now let's get out of browser screen input. Name Jonathan Seven Plus. Button works for me. Love the browser screen input on these plus devices. You can just absolutely rock it with it. So we've changed the name of the device so that it has a unique name. Jonathan's Seven Plus. We'll press the home button thing. Woo. <laughs> Interesting. One unread message. Now it is important to note that since the app thinning technology was introduced with iOS 9, it does not appear that you can get apps from your Mac or PC anymore through iTunes. I did my best to make sure that I had all my apps downloaded, that I transferred purchases, but it is still restoring from iCloud as we speak and to show you this so my first page is looking okay but then I go back oh, here page free blindness folder nine apps sports folder 50 percent eight apps there we go and it, the, the sports folder for example is 50 percent done reference folder 17 percent eight apps so apps are still downloading from iCloud and that's because app thinning technology means that you only get the bits of the app that you need and it bases that on the device that you're running and various other factors. Like if you are using a game that might have multiple Alert. levels. Secure text feed. All right, now I'm getting Is another Apple ID request. Uh, then you only get the, the levels that you need. And then if you get past those initial levels and you go up, then you can add additional levels uh, later. So I'm now being asked to enter another Apple ID. This will happen a few times. I'll go ahead and do that. I've done that, and so now the restoration process can continue from that other account. Let's go exploring a little bit. I want to see if I can find where the option is to make those home button adjustments, because when we set the phone up, it indicated that you could do that later in settings. 
I suspect it's in general. Can we get straight there? Launch general settings. Settings. General. About. Software update. Spotlight search. Could be wrong, button. of course. Hand off. CarPlay. Home button. Oh, button. there we go. So we'll double tap on the home button. Select it. Done. Button. Choose your click. Head. Tap an option below. Then press the home button to give it a try. Just one. Button. Two. But selected. Three. This is quite an interesting screen, isn't it? In the sense that you can press the home button here and it doesn't perform its function. It's about the only place in the phone where that's the case, I think. Yep. That's quite fun. Doesn't even toggle voiceover off. So we go back. Done. Button. And double tap the done button. Done. <clears throat> General. Home button. Button. Now I'd like to try an experiment. Let's have a look at a few audio things and then we'll conclude by seeing if we can take a picture and see how fast this device is because it's supposed to be very fast. What I'm curious about is how intelligent this adapter is. So obviously if I unplug the adapter from the lightning port. Accessibility button. Now it's coming through the speaker, which is of course what you'd expect. So I'll plug it back in. And storage and iCloud usage. Oh, it's not, button. not there yet. Accessibility. Storage and iCloud usage. Button. That's interesting. I've plugged the cable back in to the lightning port. Background address. And I still don't have voiceover coming through the mixer. It's coming through the speakers still. Restrictions. I'm not quite sure why that is. Let me try toggling voiceover off. Voiceover off. And now back on. Voiceover on. No. Settings. <laughs> it's a bit concerning. I'll unplug it again. Settings. And plug it back in. I'm making sure that I have it. All right, now it looks like it's going to. Settings. Yeah, that, well, that was, that was interesting. I hope we don't have that too often. But what I was trying to ascertain was if I unplug the 3.5 millimeter connector to my mixer, but leave the adapter in the socket, what happens? All right, what happens is that it goes back to the iPhone speaker. And then, so I've still got the adapter in the lightning port. I plug the 3.5 millimeter cable back into the jack and it's back. So that is actually intelligence. There's a, a bit of intelligence going on in that adapter. So that's good. Let's continue with audio things now because, gosh, what a busy desk. Right next to the empty teacup, <laughs> I have this. Let's turn it on and introduce you to it. Drum roll, please. Yeah, that is a Yui Megaboom speaker. And we have a pair of these Megaboom speakers. And when we travel, we take them with us and we love these things. We actually use them at our wedding and they put out really good sound. They're cylindrical. They give you 360 degrees sound and they're very good for what they are. And they're, they're quite easy to pack because you can put them in a suitcase and put clothes around them. They're solid as a rock, these things. And they are also waterproof. Now, the only thing is that like a lot of Bluetooth speakers, the latency when you're using them with voiceover is terrible. And one of the objections that people like me have been registering about the headphone jack is that Bluetooth is still very laggy with voiceover. And I've heard rumors that Apple has made efforts to try and improve latency with Bluetooth in the iPhone 7 and the 7 Plus. And we know 
that Apple has the W1 chip in their own AirPods, which have not been released yet, that is supposed to make things a lot better. But what happens with standard Bluetooth devices? We'll find out and we'll try and uh, pair this. So I think I need to put it into pairing mode because this is a new phone. There we go. Launch Bluetooth settings. Here is Bluetooth setting. Thank you. Settings. Bluetooth. Now discoverable as Jonathan 7 Plus. Oh, tremendous. Devices. In progress. Mosin Megaboom 1. Button. All right, that's the one. Mosin Megaboom 1. Connecting. Gee. Now, <laughs> I must say right away, it connected a lot quicker than it used to. That was very quick. More info. Mosin Mega. My devices. Now discoverable. My most More other devices. More info. Mosin Now, I have to say, there is no improvement whatsoever. No improvement whatsoever to the latency with Bluetooth. More info. Not with this device anyway. And it's a fairly new device. It's uh, got pretty good Bluetooth technology in it. It's got the um, A2DP protocol. Other device. In progress. Other device. More. Most. My. Now this. My device. And. The, it's hard to demonstrate the latency, but I can tell you that it's just as unresponsive with voiceover as previous iterations of the iPhone were. So if you use a Bluetooth streamer for hearing aids, for example, then the likelihood is that if it was sluggish in the previous iteration of the iPhone, it may well be just as sluggish because certainly this Bluetooth speaker is that's a bit unfortunate. We'll turn off the Bluetooth speaker. And now, one. yep, it's just cut into the 3.5 adapter, which is connected. I'm going to unplug the iPhone 7 Plus from my mixer now, just to keep the adapter safe. I'm going to unplug it from the 3.5 millimeter end so the adapter dangles out, and at least I know where it is. And we're going to do a bit of a comparison with Apple Music, and we'll play the same song. I'm going to, this might be hard for you to hear, but I can give you my impressions anyway. I'm going to take everything out of the mixer here from my point of view. So now I'm just listening to it through the respective phone speakers, and I'm going to start with the iPhone 6S Plus. 159 p.m. Yep, unlock for me. Yep. If you recently signed into Jonathan 6S Plus, you can ignore this notification. Okay, button. Okay. Right, let's uh, try Uptown Funk is a fairly bassy song when it gets going, so let's try that. Play Uptown Funk. Now this is on the 6S Plus first. Which is of course mono. There we go. I'm holding the phone central and I'm just going to wait till the bassy bit gets going. We know that there's only one speaker in this phone at the bottom of the phone okay here we go Woo. are you dancing yet all right now we'll put that one down and we'll pick up the iphone 7 plus and let's wake that one up Whoa, gosh, that home button. All right, and messages. we'll message. play Uptown Funk. One option I found nearby is ASB Bank. 
What? Is that? Mate, mate, get a grip. Let's try it again. Play Uptown Funk. I think it got the message that time. Okay, I mean, if I hold my head in just the right place or the phone in just the right place, I can hear the stereo. Um... The stereo, I'm finding at any rate quite subtle because the speakers aren't that far apart and you do need separation for stereo, but it is there. It's definitely there and I can I can hear that when I uh, put my head or move the phone into just the right location. Maybe fractionally more bass, fractionally more, but the big thing about the two devices in terms of their differences is that the 7 is definitely the 7 plus is definitely a lot louder you can you can tell that and there's a lot more margin for volume with the iPhone 7 plus and just before we go let's see if we can make the camera work with KNFB reader because there have been instances where new devices have resulted in that app not working for a while and there's a bit of a lead time there and the camera is one of the big new features of this. So, open KNFB Reader. Which app would you like to use? Money Reader, Wattbird, or Voice Dream? I, I do have this problem trying to open the KNFB Best. Reader with Siri, so let's just see if we can... Voice Dream, Life, Five, Ho, um, Find it, yep. KNFB Reader. All right. KNFB Reader, Now, we've got a bit of a cluttered desk, but let's see if we can get something in the view here. That should be about right. And so we'll just try and take a quick picture with this. Page one of one. EU compliance statement Apple Inc. hereby declares that this wireless device is in compliance with the Essenta. Requirements and other relevant provisions of the RNTTE directive. A copy of the EU Declaration of Conformity is available at www.apple.com. Slash Eurocompans Apple's EU representative is Apple Distribution International. Hololulundusu Estate. Co-Island. Use restriction this device's range. European Union. Pound symbol. I didn't make a particular effort to do a field of view report or line it up particularly well. I just wanted to see if the camera was working. And it is nice to know that right on day one, this powerful new camera on the iPhone 7 Plus works. And it seems to actually be fairly speedy. So that's encouraging. And so we're set up. I guess all that remains for me to do now is use this thing for a while. The standout points for me, the home button really is no big deal. Already, as you saw earlier, when I wasn't able to continue the restore process while connecting the iPhone to the mixer, there are some downsides of not having a headphone jack. But I did take a break for lunch halfway through recording this review. And I took the phone up with me and I had my little cable that I have running between my hearing aids and the phone connected. And it's not that bad in that sense. Obviously, if you want to charge your phone while you're using it, you'll have to come up with some other strategies because the adapter included in the box doesn't provide for that. But in terms of day-to-day -day usage, the cable that runs between the lightning part of the adapter and the female 3.5 connector is so small that I don't think it's going to create any significant issues actually in daily use. 
the fact that it is so small means you're going to have to really find a good place for this. You know, if you unplug from the adapter, uh, then you've got to be careful. The good thing, though, as we saw, is that if you unplug from the adapter, you can still leave it connected to your phone and audio will come out the speaker. The adapter is intelligent enough that audio comes out to the iPhone speaker until something is connected to that 3.5 jack. We did have that one issue where when I connected the adapter again after disconnecting it, it didn't cut back over to the adapter. And I guess I'll just have to use it some more and determine whether that was just a freaky one-off thing or whether there's a little bit of an intermittent issue there. So if you get your iPhone 7 or iPhone 7 Plus, we'll be very interested to hear what you think. And I hope that you've found this of interest. Thanks for listening to The Blind Side, a production of Mosin Consulting. On the web at mosin.org.